0: Hello and welcome to the 19th episode of The First Exchange with me, your host, Lydia Daydahl. Um, 19 episodes and we've got a good one I know you'll be sick of me saying it because I say it every single time but I was absolutely thrilled Um, I reached out to this wonderful woman um, a couple weeks ago to see if she'd be interested in coming on the podcast and delightfully um, she was and we arranged for her to come in this evening um, to to record the podcast with us Um, Andrea Horne for anyone who doesn't know Andrea she is an incredible Entrepreneur. I know she'll probably, you know, won't won't want me saying that, but she is so inspirational in terms of her attitude of having an idea, having um, a a plan in place for a project or a campaign or a business, and just going out and absolutely nailing it. Um, Started out in PR, um, had a, a long list of different jobs. That led her to taking a year out to go on holidays, traveling with her sister, um, where she came up with the idea for a nail bar uh, called Tropical Popical. And now, if, if you live in Dublin, you know Tropical Popical. It's it's become a community-based, a part of, of, of Dublin culture. Um, she also has a podcast called United Ireland Podcast, which is all the political stuff that you don't want to hear about, she's discussing with Una Mullally and they're spinning it back to you in a refreshing, honest, interesting fashion. Um, And alongside all these wonderful different things, she also has um, her passion project, her passion campaign, No More Hotels, which is pretty much trying to um, bring back, uh, you know, Irish culture to to save um, all these little bits of, of Dublin culture, of nightlife culture that make Ireland so great. Um, So we had her in to talk about her life, you know, what she's passionate about, all the different things that are going on in her life, to get a little insight into who she is and, and how she manages to have all these different things going on and to do them all so well. So it was great to get an insight um, into who she is in her life. She also spoke very candidly about her dad and her dad's death. Um, really interesting, very um, eye-opening and emotional conversation with, with Andrea tonight. Um, so without further ado, I will let you sit back and enjoy the 19th episode of The First Exchange with Andrea Horan. Welcome, Andrea Horan. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for coming in. I'm delighted. I've since I started the podcast, we're what, 19 episodes in now, I had like a little, you know, pre-list of like everyone that I wanted to get in and you were on my list. Oh so, my God, yes, yes,
1: I made the list. <laughs> stunning.
0: I mean, the list is 5,000 <laughs> yeah, long, but you're like, on there, you're it's on there. everyone in Dublin. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I'm really delighted that you could come in because obviously it's the first time we've met, but I've known about you for many years of all your wonderful work. So, so I wanted to get you in and just talk about everything. Oh God. So my... I, I I know you from, obviously, Tropical Popical. Yeah, me nail salon. Nail salon. Um, but also, more recently, was kind of like all this sort of activism work and, you know, our, uh, the No More Hotels campaign that you were kind of leading. And, you know, just someone who's kind of, you know, in these circles in Dublin that's doing great work and is very vocal and very sort of inspiration, Manila, in your own way. You know, someone who you can kind of resonate with that just kind of is very truthful and honest and someone who's like oh, she's got the same opinions that I do or she's got an inter- interesting viewpoint. So I wanted to get you in to talk to me about it and, and give me an insight into like who you are and, oh and how <laughs> I this... I feel like
1: I'm on a Frasier episode <laughs> or something.
0: This yeah, is your life. <laughs> how do you feel? How do you feel? How do you feel? So I know that because I was, I was watching a couple of uh, interviews with you on uh, YouTube earlier on. I watched a great one called um, oh, Gaff Something in your gaff or something uh, gaff interiors gaff interiors yeah I, oh, that was... I, I never watched them back i'm literally like oh i can't <laughs> well it was brilliant it was i wa- i was like i hope she brings that unicorn head with her it was like this fab oh unicorn God. head and in it's the corner completely vegan for anyone who may be wondering if any unicorn fantastic were killed. okay just before anyone no. complains like rings in yeah. or texts in um but um so i know that you had a background you started out in pr
1: yeah so basically we
0: where... I, want, I didn't want to work
1: in pure. I yeah. wanted to be a psychologist.
0: Wow. Yeah. Very interesting. And
1: then that was, I was a total nerd in school up until third year. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to study psychology. Stunning, stunning, stunning. Were you good in school? Up to third year I was. Mm-hmm. Then like when I went into fifth year, I discovered, I went started going clubbing then. So yeah. I started going to pod. Um, right, don't tell my mom. Don't tell mom. Don't tell mom. Don't tell mom. <laughs> uh, and then I lost interest in yeah. uh, being a I was going to say a swat, but that's <laughs> kind of not a great word. But like I then used to have scraps of my teacher going, why would I want to be an A student who has no life? It's all about balance. I want to, I'm want. Yes. i happy being a C student mm-hmm. and having a ball and having experiences. And that's kind of stood with me since then. Um, but obviously then I didn't get the points to do psychology. But thank God, because as I learned later on, I went back to do psychology later on. I did like a diploma or something. And it's so crap because you're not allowed to have your own opinions. And as someone who's quite opinionated, I was like, I have to reference other people before I can have a thought. N-O. and oh yeah. <laughs> so i couldn't cope with that so thank god i didn't go down
0: that path but
1: then i was i'm on... wondering
0: what with the psychology aspect of it what was it that drew you into it originally was it i just the, people's like brains the idea or... of how
1: people's brains work and yeah. why they do things and how they think and all that kind of stuff yeah, so yeah. i kind of thought it was going to be like a cosmo quiz <laughs> it's definitely not like it's literally no it was not for me i kind of only lasted one semester am i american yes, so yes. <laughs> i'm definitely it. not what is it one like <laughs> term module whatever yeah. um so i went on holidays after the result when the results came out as you do yeah and my ma i was like i didn't get my course and i was like what will i do and she's like i'll go and see what i can register you for so she registered me for pure mm. in rap minds and i went and did it and did i like it no, I, I got really frustrated that I wasn't getting paid for the work I had to do. Right. So while everyone was in college, me and my best friend were sitting at the back like absolute doses, like with our phone bills going, oh my God, it's so expensive. Let's get to Brent Thomas. Yeah. Uh, and then like, so we were absolute saps. And then I, got a, I applied to every job that was in my mind glamorous. So like mm. record labels, model agencies. I just wanted to be working in town in a glam job. Like... I read too many Patricia Scanlon books.
2: City (laughs) girls and city women
1: was the where I was going, and Jackie Collins and all that shebang. Yeah. So then I got a job in pure, in Edelman. Worked there for three years. Wow. Okay. Hannibal. And then I learnt the pure trade, I suppose, Mm. because. I think I'm more a hands-on type of learner. I'm not really a, like, tell me. I'm more a, let me try it. Yeah. Yeah. And then I got to, I was 21. I was, like, scaling the corporate ladder. And I was like, what am I doing? Like, Mm -hmm. I don't want to, I'm too young for this. I want to go out and sesh. Mm. So I left there and got a job in, where did I get a job? Brent Thomas, I think. So I'd be able to party. Basically, I wanted to be able to go out and have a ball. I loved fashion. So, yeah, I did that. And then kind of one, two, skip a few. Got it like I left there and then I got a job in spin as a salesperson Mm. was absolutely crap. So one ad in six months.
0: Yeah. And
1: like, I was so bad. My boss brought me in, and he's How like. How
0: you lasted six months. <laughs> I
1: know. But like, he was literally like, Andrea, I, like, I really like you and blah, 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 blah. But yeah. like, do you think we can keep you on? I was like, absolutely not. Like, yeah. I'm in bits. Yeah. So then I started working in Ann Summers for a while. Wow. Yeah. Sexy times. Uh, that was good. Like, I did my interview there and they were literally like. Because I went for like a manager job and they were like, so are you going to be comfortable saying pussy rub across the shop floor? And I was like, yeah. oh, I actually <laughs> want to get sick. I was like, sure, yeah, I'd be so comfortable. But like, obviously, I got very comfortable with it and yeah. all the ensuing shenanigans that you would expect in a I shop. I imagine, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then... I started working in I This is a really long answer yeah, for no, like you perfect. started in PR. <laughs> I'm literally like well let me tell you I was
0: born this hour of I'm a Libra. Every morning I have. sunrises. <laughs> I'm a porridge girl. <laughs> no it's really important because it will give our listeners a, a kind of you know because it is important and the reason that I asked you to give me like a timeline of events is because it all comes together and leads towards like how great you're doing now and I suppose the foundations of how you've been successful and been business since yeah, then. Yeah, I think every single thing that happened
1: in those years was definitely got me to where like yeah. if I had have gone down a psychology route I would have been miserable and mm-hmm. but at the time I thought that was the path for me and was devastated I didn't get it but then it turned out like when I went back it wouldn't have suited my personality yeah. and where I ended up suited my personality mm-hmm. and what my passions
0: and what I like doing so Absolutely. Yeah. I think cuz a lot of people today they feel that, you know, I mean it, it's happened for for so many years with people coming out of school but they're like oh you have the fear of what I have to pick and you know then you get hell to like L of your 20s are you, are you meant, meant to know? know exactly you're 16 or 17 yes. what you're going to do for the rest of your life yeah exactly and people freak out about it and then what happens is you get people in their late 20s and their 30s and they've kind of gone up the ladder a little bit and then they're miserable but they're too scared to leave because they're like oh it's a good wage I want to buy a house or I bought a house or I want to get married yeah and yeah yeah there's all these things and it just leads it's like this is the
1: journey you're meant to go on apparently in life So this is the one I'll keep going on and you're like but I don't like the journey yeah yeah so I was always not I was always cognizant of that but I always kind of think back to when I was having that conversation with the teacher of being really like I don't want Mm -hmm. to be a swat is there a nicer word for swat we'll go with it (laughs) I don't want to be a nerd or not a nerd I don't want to like I want an
0: intellect well that? Is Would we say intellect, Shane? Mm. Can we Google it? What's the I, correct
1: term? I it's want smart. to have balance. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. I want yes. to enjoy my life as well as working hard. Yeah. And I think that has led, has like, I realized then that that was the life I wanted to live. I didn't want to be like, at one stage, I wanted to be a surgeon. Wow. Like, obviously I would be the worst surgeon in the world, <laughs> A, because it's like fully work. I'd be literally like, But when am I going out and set? When can I clock off? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I think it de- like I just don't know how you would know what you want to be yeah. what you want to be when you grow up, but A but also mm. to actually listen to what you like doing rather than mm. well, I have to get a girlfriend or a boyfriend, have children, get a house, da yeah. da da da.
0: Mhm. Because even we even see that when people are you know, a little bit aware of where they want to be in life, they still have that, like, fear ingrained in them. Like, I sometimes get it, like, you know, I have this, like, split thing where I'm like, oh, you're chasing, you know, you're working for yourself, you're chasing dreams, you're doing everything that you want to do, you have all these goals in place, but then sometimes in the quiet times, I'm like... Holy fuck, what you am I doing? you're 35, what are you doing? You're not married, you're not, you don't have kids, you don't have a house, like fucking hell. You know, it's it's all this kind of like the fear kind of creeps in a little bit. I, whenever to... that
1: happens, I always think, if I die tomorrow, what, would I be happy with the day I had today? Yes. And then if like, I'm thinking, oh, well, I wish I had a husband and children, when I died, but well, mm. then I'll go get them. But yes. like at the moment, I'm literally like, no, I had an absolute ball yeah. today. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Stunning.
1: <laughs> I can't go happy. Um, yeah, so that's kind of that's my leveler all the time. If I'm ever yeah. like, oh shit, and yeah. then if I did, if I look back and go, no, that was a shit day, I'll be like. What will I plan for tomorrow to make sure that's the best day ever?
0: Mm -hmm. Do you find that someone who's because, I mean, you have obviously your business is going on and all your different projects and campaigns that you've started. But you are very much in the public eye as well. You do a lot of media and different things. Do you ever find that you kind of get that like question of like, so, you know, kids, marriage, do you feel like you're sometimes I feel like I get asked about it because it's kind of like oh you're leading the charge against like you know the marriage the kids thing and I'm like why are you even bothering asking me about it it's not relevant do you know what I mean do you yeah, find that it's no, important to well, talk about it or... I think that I
1: live under a rock in my world I'm literally like I literally live my life away and do the yeah. bits I need to do if I need to publicize something or if I need to utilize something to like get an issue Uh, some attention. Mm. Um, But in my mind, I'm literally like under a rock. So B, nobody, I don't think I've ever been asked. And I think maybe I've been quite vocal about like where I stand on it. Have I? I don't really know. Nobody's ever asked me, but like, maybe they just don't care. But also, (laughs) I also... I'm very, like, surrounded by a very varied mix of mm. people. So, like, I don't... I Like, I see some of my friends who they grew up in like, this is the girls group and this is the boys group and everyone's pregnant and everyone's engaged. Yeah. And I un- feel like, oh my God, I just do not understand. I completely understand how much pressure you must feel because you've known to go out with any more. You're literally, your whole peer group is doing something that you're not involved in. Yeah. Um, and I count my lucky stars that I literally have this uh, fab group of people who are just all doing their own thing and there's, there's none of that pressure yeah. involved like even my sister she's she doesn't want kids either so mm-hmm. like even in my own family we I have that kind of freedom of like yeah. lack of pressure and like even my mom used to joke really like oh I can't wait to have grandkids me and Michelle would be like well you have be you actually be waiting because <laughs> they're not coming from either of us you um, might have to start fostering <laughs> but then when she she married remarried and then she like Uh, had grandkids with the partners children Mm. or whatever and she's like oh no no I'm glad you don't have kids and we're literally like see you have to trust choices like
0: yeah let's talk about your sister for a minute because of all the interviews that I um, listen to you reference her quite a bit and it seems like she was quite an integral still is an integral part um, of some of the decisions that you've made I know that you referenced about how you both went away is that right? Yeah um, so
1: like me and Michelle were the most opposite of each other we killed mm-hmm. each other as like most sisters do Yeah. but like I was literally ready to be a townie from the age of 15 <laughs> I was like get me into town I want a cosmopolitan life I want to like go to clubs I want to work in fashion and yeah. like literally like re- live in one of those book dreams Yeah. she was the opposite she just wanted wanted to hang out and tell her to like like potter along doing her bits and yeah. whatever so we were totally different and then so I went off and did all my bits and she got a job uh in like local hairdressers and all and like got trained up and was brilliant and had a ball and was delighted and then when my dad died I was like let's go traveling because mm. like I needed someone not that I needed someone, but I was like, it would be really good for her. Yeah. Um, it would be really good for me because I need someone to go with for a year. So off we bopped. And like, I wouldn't say that I the year was me molding her, but it was kind of like sh- showing her, here's the whole world. Do you know that way? And that yeah. sounds really patronizing. But at the same time, it was widening her point of mm-hmm. view. Yeah. So we kind of got more and more alike and interested in the same kind of things, I suppose. And and I'm not saying that you have to go and travel the world for that to happen. And I'm not saying that there's a right or wrong that like you should be a tenure you should whatever. Absolutely not. But I suppose in terms of our personalities, it just brought us like closer together because we'd been such at at the opposite sides of the yeah. scale. So we totally like became much closer when we were travelling and much more alike. And then it was when we were traveling that Tropical Popical kind of came about and that we'd open it and I didn't know anything about the beauty world like I'd worked in like sex shops and pure for yeah. 20 years I was literally like I don't know anything about beauty and but she had opened salons and like knew the beauty industry so it was the perfect match so yeah. it kind of made sense so that year was pivotal in our relationship I suppose and how we got on with each other and interacted and related to each other
0: yeah it's incredible it's, it's an incredible story um you know just uh, it's a very it's it's a very sweet story the fact that you know that you decided to take on or take off and while you're travelling and exploring this you know new relationships within each other and the world you have this sort of like brainwave right let's do this we don't know anything about it but let's just try and it sounds so poetic when it, you say it, it back does. when I was literally like, just, just <laughs> getting wrecked in Asia <laughs>
1: <laughs> having a ball losing toenails
0: <laughs> but like it's just it, it's a like it must be very special to be able to share that with your sister you know what I mean and know that you know she's your sister she's your family so you especially within business that you have that security to know that like you know it totally
1: is and whenever like you have staff moving on or like Mm. whatever you're kind of like thank god we have each other to to rely on and like i always think of like because we kind of became really good friends after Mm. my dad died i'm i always kind of then i'm like what would i do if my sister died and it's like like obviously my mom as well but like the between the two of them you're yeah. literally like oh my god how would I cope and it's mm. obviously everyone's worst yeah. nightmare to think of someone dying and I, like when my dad died we got through it grand and you how do old- get through it can I ask how old you were when
0: your dad died
1: ooh I feel like Trop Pop is 7 years old mm. so how old am I now I think oh I'm 30 I was 29 and I turned 30.
0: Wow. So that in itself is a very kind of uh, pivotal year for a lot of people in their lives. Like I know for me, 29 going on 30 was when I made a lot of my life changes and like things Three. were kind of crashing in I was like okay time to like get what my shit together what is going on you know for the better but um yeah I don't know if it was an age thing it
1: was definitely a circumstance thing and it was definitely I was starting to quit. like I worked in Pure as like m- my job is literally making people believe they need to buy stuff
0: yeah and
1: that kind of moral high ground Mm. hit me first.
0: Do you think that it was uh, because as a result of your dad passing where you kind of had this sense of like what was really important in life? Yeah. So like
1: there was a few things that had happened within my job and with clients and I was like, fuck off. Mm. And then my dad died and I was like, like this is not life. And then we went traveling and I was like, this is life. (laughs) (laughs) No, Uh, (laughs) we kind of couldn't wait to get home at the end. But Mm. uh, it was, yeah, it was definitely a re not a reaffirming that's the wrong thing a re-questioning period of my life of like yeah. what is like lo- what is and like I still obviously I still don't know the answer what's the meaning of life um but I know that it's not trying to make people buy shit um yeah. and obviously I take quite the anti-consumerist capitalist stance mm. now um but it's so funny because I literally spent 15 of my years trying to make people Mm. buy things
0: but that's interesting because maybe it's because that That, you've done that which is why you have the realization like
1: like pinterest queen i actually don't even have pinterest but like (laughs) maybe i do but like don't you know i totally buy into Mm. all that like what you've been through makes you who you are and i think even if that is just a way for people to make themselves feel better it does make me feel better so i am taking it so like it's like what like an I suppose I've heard other people who've been through absolute shit and they're like, well, do you know what? I didn't want to go through that and I didn't Mm. deserve to go through that and I take that on board as well. So, like, I suppose, can you pick and choose your Pinterest quotes? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely,
0: you can indeed. (laughs) It makes you who you are until it doesn't (laughs) and then it doesn't, so (laughs) grant. It's very interesting to hear you say that because one of the the uh, standout factors of Tropical Popical and anything that you've really been involved in for, for me when I've I've looked at your work is that it seems to be this big sense of community and it's more about like the people and the feeling and the experience as opposed to, you know, you just need your nails done on like a Saturday night. Yeah. Or whatever, which I'm sure there are people that, <laughs> that do come in that they just need their nails done. But is that because, you know, you're having this experience, like you're saying, where the material things are not important? And is it, you know, are that some of the things that are important to you in your own life? Like, and you're trying to bring them into sort of the work 100%, environment.
1: 100%, because when we were setting up the, like, essence of Trap hop and what it was going to mean, mm-hmm. that was when we were traveling and, like, I was sitting on a beach with my computer tapping away for ages going, what do I want this to be about? And I was like, like, to be honest, I don't, I'm not really into beauty world. Mm-hmm. I don't care about like, well, I don't care about beauty products, but like, it's not my buzz. Yeah. It doesn't turn me on. It's like, I'll put on a cream if there's a cream in front of me at night time. And like yeah. beauty editors all over the country are going, what? <laughs> uh, but um, I'm, it's, whereas Michelle mm-hmm. is totally into all of yeah. that stuff. So like when I was writing it, I was like, the opening a nail bar is really good because no matter your body size, your age, mm. whatever, it's so democratic. It makes anyone feel good. So yeah. you can come in and feel amazing after mm. getting your nails done um, and leave. So like I there's a lot about the beauty industry that's questionable in terms of like playing on people's insecurities and all that kind of thing. Yeah. And I thought that, with a nail bar you don't have that so it's literally just putting a colour on your nails and it's not saying that you have to conform to any ideals of beauty or what they are or defining what it means to be a woman or a man or or not as the case may be Um. so I loved that about a nail bar and I also when we were opening and this is kind of this is something that when I look back on I didn't know I was deciding but I wanted it to be something that was special to Dublin that like uh, and the more, like, we, I work on No More Hotels and and the more mm. important the fabric of s- Dublin society becomes to me. Mm. um, And it, I kind of wanted it to be something that was just for Dublin. Yeah. And that was part of my hometown and that wasn't going to be rolled out across Galway Cork or what it scaled or, mm. like, and we, we've had VC offers to, like, scale the business and to do all that and I turned it down. I was like... I don't want to a lose control because I've seen so many stories of people who then were chasing the next round of investment mm-hmm. to get to the next stage because they had to deliver on like profit margins and all that kind of stuff. So like that wasn't what I want the life I yeah. wanted to be. And I also wanted why should I and I have a big problem with profits going up in the pyramid to the top. And I was like, why should I set up something else? in Cork why not doesn't someone in Cork do that and someone in Galway do that and someone whatever so that we all Mm -hmm. have our little community and I'm a big fan of um creating uh a community obviously like I, I did see Trap pop as being like a community base that people mm. would come in and it's kind of changed a little bit now that they could come in and just hang out and work on their laptops and as we got busier that we couldn't facilitate that but we did loads of pop-up shops with like yeah. Irish designers like we did Joanne Hines and Natalie Coleman and like we had lo- we did loads of kind mm. of sex shop of stuff and so we were always kind of reaching out to see what we could do within the community but also in terms of like, I did this TED talk, TEDx talk on escaping the economy and more, and it was yep. all about like based on when I'd walk down Capel Street, I'd see all these, and I don't know why it was Capel Street that sprung it on me, but like I'd see all these shops that you could see it being in uh, in generation upon generation, and they were these shops were owned by them. They'd mm. sell or do like provide services or requirements to the people of the community, and then that would provide for them to live and to buy things so it was like that's what life kind of should be yeah um and then when you see the way uh businesses are set up to kind of workers are being annihilated they're not being paid um and it's all going up to the top of this pyramid it's like what is the point of mm. working. Like, and then when you see people who are just so obsessed with working all the time to get to the next level, it's like a job really, and the def- like the reason that working and jobs were created was to give us a reason to swap money for services. Yeah. Whereas now it's trying to, it's people are defining themselves mm. as who they are based on what they do. And I think that is where a lot of the issues of, I, people swing their dick on well, I'm a VC or I'm a like a, yeah I'm a like what do you call, mm. vice president twice removed or whatever yeah it's because <laughs> it's people's egos absolutely and they're just climbing and standing on who they need to to get more money more power and more um, positions just to make their ego satisfied rather than the humanity of life
0: absolutely that's so. Like I've goose pimples hearing you talk like that and to to speak like that, and not only because it makes absolute sense and you've tapped into kind of like, you know, the humanitarian aspect of living, right? But also the fact that I imagine it will be very easy for you to go, I accept, I accept. Bring in the money. Just, I don't give a shit. I'm just going to make it all now and see us all later. I'm off into the sunset and I'm going to be on holidays for the next however long. Right, go back on no, holidays. Don't get me wrong, I like going on holidays a lot but like you know so I imagine it's a lot that's why it's you know it's kind of a a, a thing of where I'm listening to speak and I'm going you know fair play to you like you have your morals in in standpoints and clearly have your ego in check do you know what I mean and that's why you're successful is that you that sense of who you are and that honesty and that truthfulness in your heart is why you're successful but I suppose it
1: also goes back to defining what success is for me so for me success is not having 20 shops like Mm -hmm. for me success is creating the life I want to live and that's kind of my mantra I'm definitely getting it tattooed I keep saying I'm going to do it but it's like I just love the idea of like sitting down and deciding how you want each day to look and what Mm -hmm. you want to be doing and like the fact that I have one shop it's very easy to manage well it's not very easy to manage but like um the minute you have (laughs) staff, that's when the crack starts uh (laughs) no but like it is but I've one shop uh I get to go in and hang out with the girls. I get to like have the crack. I'm not sitting in an office doing HR. I'm not having people report into me on reports and how what our profit margins are. And mm. like I'm like, okay, can we afford to pay the rent? Can we afford to pay our wages? We're all delighted. Yeah. And then that affords me the time and the space and the headspace to do all the stuff that I'm passionate about as well as mm-hmm. that. So like, obviously, Trop hop is lets me do all the stuff I want to do in terms of, like, I love art and I love branding and I love all that kind of stuff. So we play around with projects within Trop Pop, but then it also lets me do, like, United Ireland, because I love current affairs and politics. So mm-hmm. um I get to do that podcast with Una, then I, and I got to work on Repeal, which I wouldn't have been able to do if I had a full-time job, because yeah. it, it became my full-time job. And the space of that allowed me was just... Amazing for mm-hmm. for Trap Hop and I just don't think if I had made different decisions and getting bigger and scaling and w- like making products and all that jazz that I would have had the time to do those things. And I think those are the things that have shaped me and the things I feel passionate about and that make me feel and I, I don't want to feel like they made me feel worthy or anything, but I it gave me purpose yeah. and it, a purpose bet bigger than myself or mm-hmm. A business or achieving a goal that was just about me it was about a bigger goal for everyone mm. else so i think that having that space was tantamount to my headspace.
0: absolutely it's interesting for 18 episodes of this uh, podcast i always ask the question about life purpose and do the people that there i have my guests on the show for a particular purpose because I've seen something in them that I think our listeners will find inspirational or interesting and I always ask about life purpose and do you believe that one life purpose exists and that you are you're following your own life purpose so it's very interesting to hear you actually touch on it and like let me ask you the question do you feel like you are fulfilling a life purpose and and what is it for you is it you know Obviously, we're saying that it's a lot more to you than just having a successful business. It's being able to give back in these different ways and use your voice for the betterment of of your community. Um, So do you feel like you're
1: completing your life
0: purpose? (laughs) I would have to go
1: back and figure out what the meaning of life was Mm. because without knowing that, how do you know what the purpose of life is? And all you can do is try to do... The best you can mm. with what you with what your morals look like, and for me, that looks for me, my things are community um, and humanity, and trying to make things a better place. Mm. Heal the world, make, make it, it, a, it better a better place.
0: <laughs> 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 it's so cheesy when you try and like I just it's very hard it is but it's very simple though as well though isn't like it's it's cheesy but it's simple it's cheesy but it's
1: simple and I think life purpose for me it can't just be about professional goals for myself it has to be about a bigger picture and what you're uh, what's the word what you're contributing like it can't just be about taking and achieving for me. It has to be about what I can contribute to the world.
0: Exactly. And there's in any, you know, psychology study that you do about... Uh, what is happiness and what is the meaning to life they'll always go back to like our caveman days where you learn to scale or you're taught a skill and then you teach that skill back to the community or you know whether it's like to being able to fish you learn how to fish and then you show somebody else how to fish and then they can all feed the their family or whatever yeah. it is so it's kind of that thing of what you're saying contributing or giving back it's that in 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 um in definition I suppose but I'm trying to get a sense of where this sort of like big heart comes from you know like is it you would you go back to how you were raised were your parents very you know uh political or do they always teach you how to like you know use your voice or you know where did it come from I've like my parents weren't political
1: Mm -hmm. um but they were very community-based my dad was the milkman for the area insert joke here uh uh, but he was like known throughout the community and like if anyone was ever in need Mm. they'd come to him or like if anyone needed money or if anyone needed like help or so like he was definitely a stalwart of the community so I suppose it came from that and my mom has always been very headstrong and Mm. um Yeah, so I suppose if you put the two of those together...
0: the perfect dynamic. (laughs) Uh, Headstrong with a big heart, like, amazing. Yeah, but it was always... It wasn't, like, there was
1: never illusions of grandeur or, Mm. like, ego or anything like that. We were, like, a working-class family in Mm. our house. We were, like, we were spoiled rotten, like, anything we wanted, me and my sister got. Or, like, not material-wise, but, like, we were, like adored do you yeah. know that way so I think that as well as um my dad being the community kind of man then my mom being like I don't know
2: mm.
1: it just I suppose it all come I I can't put my finger
0: on it yeah. it comes from
1: where you come from
0: Absolutely. And it's interesting that you say, you know, that you had this recognition or your awareness of being adored. That's a very specific word, you know, a very lovely word to use that you were adored and to feel that from your parents is something that, you know, when we think about like children and how they develop over the years into adults, a feeling of being adored as a child by your parents is, is, is very important. And I'm wondering, is that where you get this like pure confidence from? Cause it's confidence and it's it, but it's not ego. It's oh like, my
1: God. You like, it's so gas When people are like, there's confidence where yeah. like, I literally, if you t- spoke to me in, like, I remember my best friend still now, we were in school together and she was very confident in school. If somebody spoke to me in the class, my whole face went red. I literally hated speaking in public. I hated anyone asking me anything. I hated attention. I just wanted to be kind of like in the background. Mm. So, like, I don't know where
0: then the flip happened. Yeah, because so it- flamboyant and so, you know, like, so fashionable. And you're somebody who you would want to look at and, like, you know, you're the aesthetic and just... I suppose, like,
1: like as much as we were adored as ki- children or whatever, like, we, there was obviously, we didn't have, like, the perfect childhood. like yeah. So, like, we also had our own issues to deal with. And, like, I definitely um, think that when I started going out, cl- like, I put, put so much down to clubbing yeah. in a good way. Like, it yeah. definitely gave me, like, not a purpose... I don't want to swing that around too much <laughs> but it definitely brought me out of my shell and gave me confidence and yeah. gave me a place in the world I suppose that I hadn't mm. felt before and whilst I was like shy and like I'd been put through drama school and everything to try and bring me out of my shell and I just wasn't having any of it whereas clubbing did that and yeah and gave me a community that of like-minded people because I was never your typical girly girl I never want like I was never like one of the girls do you know that way but then I was never like one of the lads either so I was Mm. like where do I fit and I know like whereas clubbing was kind of full of these like others do you know that way and it was like finally I'm not I'm not like and even now like when I look Mm. at like I'm not a like there's no typical anymore but I'm not sweating to get married and have kids and then I'm not sweating to like play rugby or do you know that way so mm. like I kind of clubbing gave me that yeah. community and I think that's where my confidence came from mm. um did you find yourself feeling a little bit found
0: when you found that kind of like club culture? A hundred
1: percent, and yeah. like it started with Pod, and then it went to Temple Sound and then like it was proper like clubbing, like yeah. uh, tech was it techno music. It was techno music, but yeah. like Columbia Mills, all that jazz. So I was like going out to go clubbing, and then like it kind of then I discovered the cherry on top, which was the queer community. So it was yeah. literally like all the kind of extravagance and the uh, I, I hate saying the fun but like mm. queers have more fun they when they go out do. like they just have more well fun. they
0: do because I know from like you know uh, like my my token gay friend Terry we both know like when our bunch of friends want to have a good night out you ring Terry Because we know that we're going to be brought, and it's like just that inclusion of like just like be free, have fun, you know, like just dancing, just not caring. The difference of like and
1: both have their place. Yeah. But like when you go back to a session full Mm. of straight people and a session full of queer people. Yeah. Like you have the crack, you're sitting around, you're like buzzing at the straight session you go back to the queer mm. session everyone's putting on a show the yeah. like wigs are out we're getting the sequin numbers we're yeah. like there's a show we're going to town yeah. on it so like yeah. i suppose there's just a different type and like mm. i love both and yeah. like kind of veered between the two equally yeah um, and love both but i suppose it's just a different type of mm. extravagance
0: Absolutely, I'm like, (laughs) let's... To the nearest queer bar, let's go. Um, What day is it? Wednesday. Witchy Wednesday's on, yes. Hi, (laughs) (laughs) Veda. We're out. But so then... um, what I want to ask you as well, when you got decided to get into obviously the repeal project, um, the no more hotels, uh, what was the other one that you done? Obviously, United Ireland is obviously you know that's a very important podcast um, for right now. So you're kind of bringing in all these like you know things that are passionate to you that are kind of in the public. Space at the moment, a very interesting time for people in terms of like the youth of today not wanting to vote or not really caring about voting and not caring about what's happening in their communities because we have this, you know, um, kind of cultural shift at the moment where people are, as you say, can consumed with consumerism Mm -hmm. and like the next best thing or looking a certain way or doing this or doing that. So For you, I mean, like, obviously you're talking here about how important it was for you to give back and to to contribute. But did you ever kind of stop and go, like, if I get too far into this, could it affect, like, my business or my brand? Or am I moving away from, am I getting into kind of like deep waters or serious territories? Do you ever think about that?
1: I do. So, like, I suppose I've never strategically approached where these things we're going to go yeah so like they've all happened organically and about something i've been passionate about and that's affected me and that i'm like this has to change mm-hmm. and how can i contribute to that in any way and when uh i started unreal issues to kind of the other one um, the world, yeah. to work on repeal mm. um for sure, I remember when we were, we kind of, I'd worked in PR. So I was, I put it together as a PR plan of how like the, like the structure of the campaign would be.
2: Yeah.
1: And at the time, James Kavanagh was working for me and we were sitting in the office and, and Ashing Lawler as well. And hi Ashley. And we were sitting there and I remember going before, like before we'd kind of done the plan. I was like, we need to be to make sure that we are confident to tackle any subject that is going to come up. Mm -hmm. So we spent like eight weeks just fully researching everything before we were going to come out and publicly uh, make a stand about it because Mm -hmm. I didn't want there to be any grey area of like where we were unsure about something or where we were preaching something where it was wrong or whatever. And I think in that situation, if you're going to take that stance, you need to have the information and you need to be able to back up what you're saying. So we kind of took that time out. And then as we were about to do this, I was like... Uh, if I like so there was two kind of questions in my mind Was like, will I publicly associate myself with this or will we just do it like anonymously Mm -hmm. and I was like firstly I think the campaign needs people who are going to be public about it Mm -hmm. and like you were saying earlier that like your media profile or whatever I don't really I'm like a little hermit and whatever and I like I didn't really want to and I was like but if other people see people coming out and saying I support this, mm-hmm. then they'll be more confident to do it, and that's what it needed. But I did question if I do this, am I going to have pickets outside Tropical Popco? Yeah, Popicle? you're the
0: sacrificial lamb, you know.
1: Am I going to have like people like hacking into our Facebook and giving us bad reviews and oh, yeah. like and all that jazz? Now I don't know how we flew under the thing, but nothing untoward happened for the whole thing Amazing. to Tropical Popco, which was brilliant. But also for the whole campaign, the way we based it was that if people click on to any of our social media, so it was social media based, yeah. they already agree with what we're saying. So they're on board already. So we've already done that job. We need to get onto other people's platforms. So we sat down and just wrote lists and lists of like sports people, fashion people, art people that we could approach to ask them to put something on their social media so if I wasn't willing to be able to stand up and be counted how could I expect anyone else to do that so that kind of made the decision for
0: mm. me wow well thank you for it <laughs> so, the, predominantly thank you very much because we really do need like I don't know if if I will be able to do it do you know what I mean like I'm not from the sense of that I would be worried about my business and my brand it's just that having that confidence and that level-headedness to say, like, we're going to have to go through the storm here and, like, we don't know what's going to happen and mm. what will happen in the way, but we just have to prevail and, you know, be strong on it.
1: Like, let's be honest. I'm a white woman living in a privileged society. I There was really, like, when you think about, and I know it's not an either war situation, but mm. I think of people who, like, go through real... Uh, like terror to get yep. to stand up for what they believe in so I don't think like I did anything spectacular I do you know that way yep. so it's not yep. like whatever but like so I think it's worth just not getting running away <laughs> <laughs> Um
0: In terms of because obviously we're, we're lightly touching on it there but like when you think about kind of like you know your life I suppose and we're talking about how confident you are and how kind of like with this kind of head strong, you know, just, you, you seem to come off as someone who, when you have an idea, you just execute it and let's just go with it and and see how it turns out. Um, is there anything in life that you fear? Like when you, when you go through the week, like what, is there any element of fear that you have in your life? (laughs) Mondays. Yeah. I know.
1: Um, I suppose there's two answers to that. One, uh, it's not that I don't fear anything. It's just that I have a very strong group of friends behind me that um, I have the backing of them. So I don't really care if Mm. whatever happens outside of that. If people hate me, don't give a fuck.
2: Um,
1: And if people like me, don't care. I'm not in it, again, for ego and to try and make people like me or dislike Mm me. That's their own prerogative. I once I know that I have the people I love and that love me back grant yeah and I'm like I think that's another bonus from being uh not in a two-way relationship when you've got like a boyfriend or a girlfriend that you're they become your plus one and who you rely on for everything and then if that breaks down you're kind of back to square one whereas Mm -hmm. I've been pretty much single for most of my life so I have this like full array of people who fill different spots of what a partner would so Mm -hmm. like that each of those needs is ticked um so I have a really strong support network Mm. so like I don't care about whatever and then what was the other part what was the question oh fear and then yeah i just like i've I've a very kind of strategic mind Mm -hmm. in that like i don't go into things blindly and go okay like i'll usually know the outcome of what's going to happen and be prepared for that so it's not that i'm jumping into things going fuck it let's see what happens like it's it is measured a lot like most of the time so I am kind of very cognizant of what will be what the ripples would be of something. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that those ripples are a good ripple. And then if they're not going to be, then I weigh back in.
0: That's really a a very, um, that explanation or definition of the relationship term that that you brought in there. That's really, really interesting. And that's something that I definitely resonate with. um, You know, when people no I mean I don't want to say that I get it all the time but in conversation maybe you know where friends might be like would you not just try and you know jump on Tinder or Bumble or whatever's going on Yeah you will I was like, I'll yeah. have that <laughs> as well as everything else we can have it all <laughs> but I'm like I, I, I that, that, that way of breaking it down that you have all these people in your life that fill these relationship kind of like little quotas that are along that's something I definitely feel like as well I feel like I'm not missing out on anything because yeah, I yeah. have all these people People that you know feel a certain type of um whatever it and is maybe
1: that my fear is like actually we were talking about what we we're going to dress up as for halloween yeah and it was like for a trop hop the theme was something you're afraid of so mm. it can either be the typically halloween thing or whatever you're afraid of in life yeah so i was like what am i afraid of and michelle was like commitment and i was like gas well, but i don't think i don't think i am like i think i'm like No, it's fine. I'm totally Mm. open to it. But I think I am afraid of relying on one person to deliver everything I need in the world. And I don't think I would like that because I like the fact that I and even I'm arranging my 40th birthday at the the moment. And I'm literally like inviting all these different groups that I not that I keep separate on purpose, but I love having my night out with this person. And I have different experiences and different ways of enjoying people's company Mm. and the thoughts of bringing all that together. Is literally like what it would be like to bring a partner together and Yes. I don't know if I'm into it. I think I like jumping between mm. things and it like they say varieties of spice of life. I love being able to do that and that some nights I'm having like the co like and I know you do that with a partner, but like what do you talk about after a while yeah. <laughs> like even when i was traveling with my sister that's kind of why we got into nails because we'd literally be sitting at a dinner table like those don't you know when you see you know a couple of they've spent their life together they have nothing to talk about no that was us i mean literally like any news yeah. no to do anything today switch all day bought this top you were there So that's why we started getting our nails done so like um yeah i just i think that does that? Yeah,
0: it does. Yeah, it, it makes perfect sense. I can't believe that you're nearly forty.
1: I know, me either. You In my mind, I'm twenty-three because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I keep scoring twenty-three-year-olds. <laughs> <laughs> That'll do it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <Me too. laughs> when is your birthday?
1: September. are oh, you Virgo. Libra.
0: Libra. Well, wow. very balanced. <laughs> very balanced. Yeah,
1: it's not for a year, but we're going to make enough. So,
0: very cool. Brilliant. Um. Oh yeah, I can't believe you're forty. Could you? Not yet. Not (laughs) yet. Jesus.
1: (laughs) Stop adding years to me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Twenty-three. Do you recognise? you know, like the stages in your life, say when you turn 20, when you turn 30, when you turn 40, like when you look back on kind of all the like life lessons, life knowledge that you've acquired, is there kind of like one or two things where you could maybe like put it down on a Pinterest post, like or a meme, you know what I mean? Like what what have you kind of learned or amassed in terms of like life experience and all that time? I
1: think the one thing that I would say is my biggest advice. Two things. Yes. One, create the life you want to live and Mm. don't be helmed in by tradition and expectation. And two is, don't you know, I'm going to give it back. uh, Don't you know when you go to clubs these days and people are like, yeah, it was so young. And then they're saying that in a negative way. I'm like, yeah, stunning because give me the ideas, give me the energy, give me the vibe Mm. of young people. I like, I want to embrace that because they have such energy and such Mm. a way of looking at things and that i am thirsty for i'm like i'm like an episode of death becomes her like i am and not that i want to stay young and i like i think that i don't want i'm not trying to like get my face to look like a 23 year old i'm not trying to live the life of a 23 year old but i thrive on the energy and the ideas and all the stuff that youth brings. So when Mm. I see a club full of young people, I'm like, yeah, what are they doing? What are they thinking? What are they wearing? What are, what is the future? Uh, Mm. And like, I, I love that. So I I suppose it's like, don't write off the youth and like, don't try, you don't have to like separate yourself from that just because you're older, but be able to be cognizant of everything that the youth of tomorrow. Yeah can deliver to a better world and suck it up.
0: Absolutely. Did you ever think <laughs> about going into like, you know, schools and doing little, like little talks, like, you know, cause obviously your TED talk was a massive hit and you've done so well on that. Like, you know, who, who did you always know public? jokes don't have a thing for public speaking or <laughs> like, Wait till I tell you about the TED talk. <laughs> so, because you've made it when you've done a TED talk, don't it's you? It's know? a TEDx,
1: not a TED talk. <laughs> I have the worst memory in the world. Like I'm not even joking. And that, like, even when I'm doing uh, the podcast today, and I'm literally like, "What's the word for?" And I have to like really think about things. And the, I don't know if it's the older I get or the more I session, but like I can't remember as much for sure. And when I was doing that TEDx talk, I. Everyone was like, "Are you really nervous about it?" And I was like, "I'm actually not. I couldn't give a shit. I will mm. g- like. I don't mind. I can get up and speak in front of thousands. Like I would do Crow Park, but where my nervousness is is trying to remember what I meant to say next. Mm. So you're not allowed to have any prompts or paper and things. So you have to learn it off by heart. And I forgot it tw- twice. I had to th- stop get off the stage, look at everything and like you're in front of an audience and like, so it's kind of a running joke that all my friends are like, oh my God, you've done three TEDx talks because I had to like, I was like standing with the lights shining on me going and everyone thought I was nervous and I was like, I just can't remember what's next. I just don't have a memory so That's I it. absolutely hate, I love public speaking if I can talk, if I'm Free just rain. telling a story yeah. or whatever and it's like, what, and I do like loads of public speaking stuff like that mm. but the, if I have to remember a speech, oh my God, it brings me out in a rash. So that was one of the most traumatic things I've ever done. Wow. Because the two times, imagine like the first time I was like, I literally can't remember. But that's what I'm
0: thinking. I was like, whatever about forgetting your lines when you're on there, but having to go off stage and then come back Look at the script.
1: Back on, And I was so particular of every word I wrote on that that I didn't want to get one word wrong. So, like, it wasn't a case that I could just tell a story. I was like, that is a really important word that I want to put in there. So it was very poignantly put together. So then the stress of it and then having to go off. And then the second time, you're like, I've done it again. I can't remember. Oh, my God. I was absolutely mortified. And then afterwards. Right. So eventually, like, fair play to Sharon, who was kind of like the organizer she was like mm. we're getting your video you're getting it you've like put so much work into it and I was like okay fine so I got there in the end but then I came off and literally like it was not a pity clap but everyone was coming up She going fair play to you <laughs> you got back up there I'm like oh Such I'm resilience. absolutely scarlet <laughs> like it was absolutely mortifying I like literally went to the restaurant and drank about 17 glass of wine after I was so traumatized well deserved.
0: well deserved oh
1: even thinking about it now it was so stressful
0: but uh, the reason I'm saying about you know like did you ever think about going to schools and that is because you've got a very um important message in that when you're talking about when you were growing up about like not finding your place in like one group or the other group and then eventually you know as life goes on Finding your place and being found, and then from that, spurred this like incredible life of like business, friends, like social, like whatever it is. But you know what? I,
1: I loved that. And I always say, like, the point of difference when you're younger can seem awkward, but when you're older is what's your set USP. So, like, yeah. uh, even when I was opening trap Pop, I was like, it's going to be really tacky, and everyone's like, nobody's going to buy into that. And I was like, like, uh, I think they will and I like that mm. was what our USP was that it was attack fest yeah. and like I love that about it but I, I don't use the word luck because I, I don't know what look means mm. but it could have all gone totally different and it could might not have been a success story so yeah. can I um, assign that to the fact that I hadn't found my place and now I have and then it's all worked out so I just am cautious of of singing from that hymn sheet you know that way yeah. that and like yeah, yeah, yeah and maybe some people won't find their crew mm. and like so but obviously then there needs to be hope in the world that you will so i don't know i think it's a, a dangerous game is it yeah yeah or am i just been reading into things see oh. there's my cautious mind because i haven't really thought about it yeah but like on insta i'm like. Mm. I don't
0: know. I'm just coming from the aspect of like when I think about it and think about, you know, our kids and like our youth that are coming up in and, you know, wh- who do they have to like talk some, you know, realistic sense, I suppose, in a way. It just seems like, it seems that, you know, they seem to be a little bit. Um,
1: I feel like we've got a lot more now. Like you've got the likes of Billie Eilish being popular. You've got mm-hmm. like the outsiders, and like yeah. what I'm putting that in inverted commas. Yeah, but like what is an outsider? So I suppose there is more tribes coming mm-hmm. out. Um, the more we have exposure to social media and people, yeah, like the whatever about the negatives of social media and the anxiety that it brings and mm. the all that shit it also is really useful at helping you find a tribe if you yeah. are an outsider and mm. then so I don't know but
0: do, do you find um like when you think about social media like because obviously we grew up in a time when you know Mobile phones weren't weren't there, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it was a, a case of like you're ringing on the house phone to your mates, and like I'll meet you at three pm here, there, everywhere. Do you ever like? I mean, are you glad that you experienced life before social media and mobile phones and like you know Snapchat and Instagram stories or whatever it is? Or I'm always glad
1: that I experienced life the way I did because I don't know any different. Yeah. And maybe it would have been a different life if I had to live like that, but I'm I I don't know, mm. and I can't figure I can't imagine
0: Yeah, and
1: yeah. I'm kind of very pragmatic in that it happened the way it did and th- here we are would mm. I have liked to be a more Snapchat world I don't think so would I mm, I don't know there's benefits to everything there do you know is, that way so yeah, you just, have, you to, just like, have to know, or... figure and like not even know but like find the pluses and everything mm. I'm a very like I always and like I think that's why our podcast works because I'll always be like if we're given out about something like well what's the other side of that that person thinks they're doing the right thing Mm -hmm. can we try and get into their mindset of why they're doing that yeah Um, and that's something I'm always cognizant of so if it was a case of I grew up with social media I'd find the good in it and figure and focus on that so I always try Mm -hmm. and not to be one of these like people who denies that there's negative sides of things yeah. because i think when you're like projecting this like i'm such a positive Pam, that's so dangerous as well, well. it
0: can be to- just as toxic as being negative negative. 100 percent. it
1: really is and like i also like i don't i'm not a sharer of like personal shit on social media mm. but I, i'm always cognizant of i don't want to project this perfect life either because yeah. i definitely don't have it and because no. nobody does no um and like I think people are m- more cognizant of that now, um, mm. and realizing that. But, yeah. um, but I don't. At the same time, then I don't think you should have to share your negative side of things to make other people feel better either. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't know.
0: No, very interesting. Um, if it ended tomorrow, I don't want to say the world. It. If not the world, <laughs> you leave it. You leave it tomorrow, right? It's quite more of a morbid question, but it's I. I I like the afterthought of okay. us if you were to leave, I don't, like. I mean, some people it's get not kind morbid. of because I, I, I do ask <laughs> it quite a bit, and some people are like, "What the, every, hell? What the hell?" She just asked me what is going to happen when I die. Like, what the, I'm just making every single person is, is dying. going to die. Yes, a hundred percent. It happens to you tomorrow. You know. One, are you happy with what you've done so far on this earth? And when your friends are sat around having a glass of wine, having a cheers to you or a glass of Prosecco, whatever it is, how would you like them to remember you? Uh, I think,
1: what
0: was the first bit?
1: What was the first bit? When you die. Are Are you you happy? happy? Are you you happy? Yeah. Are you Uh, fulfilled
0: with what you've done so far?
1: I think one of the key proponents of happiness is gratitude so if you are thankful for every single thing that happens or whatever then that leads you to being satisfied mm-hmm. so if you're i'm grateful for everything opportunity i've had um for where i was born for who i was born into for who i've met for what i've done so a hundred percent do i want to do more of course like yeah. and if I didn't, well then I might as well die tomorrow because the minute you lose your drive, um, to do anything else, then it's kind of all downhill from there. Mm. Um, and uh, what would I like my friends to toast me as? That. What would I like them? That I was the crack, and not like I say crack as not a performer. Just that because I, like I love partying so much, so yeah. that I, I'm she's she was good at a party, mm. um which I think I am, yeah. <laughs> but also that I and that I was always trying to find the good in people. And if I didn't, mm. then that was OK.
0: Yeah.
1: And that I was supportive. And yeah, I think that I don't know.
0: That's, that's, that's a really lovely quality to always find the good in people. And But, like, sometimes it's really hard. Well, that's what I'm going to ask. Would you be of the belief that you, there is good in everybody? And I don't mean, like, you know, referencing freaking like, serial killers or whatever it is. I'm talking but, about, like... Uh, well, actually, that's a really funny thing. Well, it's not funny at all. But,
1: like, so I remember I was, like... And this makes me sound like an absolute dose. So I'm, I'm, I'm saying it already so no one's allowed to <laughs> go at me or come at me or whatever. I remember when Saddam Hussein was mm. caught. Yeah. And they were, like opening his mouth and everything and i was actually like and even when i watched narcos Mm. like even the
0: awful awful
1: things that those people have done they still have children and grandchildren who love them and wives and i was like they're still a person but they're like they've done such shitty 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 things but still i was like oh god he's still someone's like dad or yes, whatever yes
0: andrea yeah you were so t- i am so i resonate with that so much but then i said that to someone they're like andrea it's sammy <laughs> saying
1: you absolute maniac and i was like oh i know I said. he had
0: a heart though somewhere in there but it, it like it it's it's such a good it, it, it's a such a great way to be in your life right to always see the good in 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 people and in situations but Somehow- also at the same time i'm very protected of my air of my
1: sanctum well, this sanctum. is what I
0: was going to ask you because a lot of friends that I have that will be of the other end that are very cynical and, and you know negative like uh, I watch that situation or you know they're a bit suspicious yeah, yeah. always say like you know you have to be a little bit more you know cautious or you don't be too you oh know, you I can't hate be letting like new people
1: in I'm so it takes ages for me to be like like yeah even like friends of friends are like oh fuck off like we're friends with the same person you have to be friends with me yeah that's oh god, happened just, they brought me into a toilet and oh god that i just to said me. to andrea which came into this <laughs> <laughs> we have no friends. no but like it's okay i don't want to be your best friend we're just gonna no, finish like up this we'd podcast be out now, okay? or whatever and they'd be like andrea come on you have to like let your guard down and i think that comes yeah. like from like
0: okay we're getting into interest and territory now oh. andrea why is your guard <laughs> up we're, I just have always been cause very conflicting, guarded. That's conflicting of like what you've kind of shown since you've been here as in like humanitarian, big heart, like caring for other people. But, but I'm very, very cautious guarded. of boundaries. Like I mm. think boundaries are really important. And yeah.
1: like even working on repeal, there was so many people who had trouble with their boundaries and really suffered. And I think yeah. I was very good at being able Give to. Give me an example of what you mean. Like they're when you are giving so much of yourself to something it Mm -hmm. it like can it takes you down emotionally physically yeah all that jazz whereas i was like i'm here to do a job i'll go into work do my repeal work then i'm going home and got to go out or i'm gonna have dinner and Mm. then i'm not completely consumed so i had a boundary set for what that was what i was going to let in of that otherwise it could have taken like broken me which and i think i'm the same with boundaries in terms of new people Mm. and then definitely in terms of yeah in terms of men as well i think i have like really boundaries in place to avoid i think i'm like so cautious of being hurt Mm. and that i don't don't think i was like ever badly hurt but i just am like no
0: That's really interesting. I wish I was a therapist so I could like divulge deeper and try and explore it. Because when when I'm (laughs) in Come on, Fraser (laughs) (laughs) Crane. Bring in caller one. (laughs) Um, When when I'm in therapy, when I talk about, you know, because I have that thing, um, it's very interesting you say about like, you know, for the last five years, I've been all about like setting up my businesses and doing my passion projects and training and different things and, you know, spending time with people who are make me feel better and fill me with joy and Mm. just doing, spending my week doing things I love and being happy or trying to be as happy as possible and um, you know, when I think about like, Right? What are the in the like with terms in terms of relationships? When I talk to my therapist about it, you know, like, oh, the girls were saying again about would you not just let someone in, or would you not just, you know, we'd love to see you happy. And I'm like, I am I happy, happy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you, you're, you're like projecting your, your own, own shit yeah, onto yeah, yeah. me. I was like, I'm really happy and I'm fulfilled and I'm doing all these things. And for me right now, to have someone. Uh, you know, come into my life and to start a relationship. Someone, the 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 thought of having to like share my life or to sh- split my time, yeah, with someone new is like gives me anxiety. But my therapist seems to think that I'm afraid of vulnerability and that also I'm afraid to let anyone in because the hurt, I would get too attached and then if anything were to happen and yeah, leave, yeah. I, the hurt would be too deep and I don't want to feel that pain anymore. I think that like you after know? my dad died, like... Well, I was just about, it's, it's about to say, definitely yeah. definitely probably that, like, yeah. in fact,
1: it's, it is that, let's be honest. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm to sure start crying. <laughs> it is that. <laughs> Diversion cough. <laughs> um. But yeah, no, I definitely think it is and that like I was left by someone I loved. So yeah, that I would yeah. like and I think my like my dad was an alcoholic. So like when I was growing up, there was that that I was protecting myself yeah. for. And just as I dealt with that, je- then he died. Mm. So then I was back into protective mode again. Yeah. So like it's like but I'd, I I kind of like protective mode because yeah. you get a like, safe space. Not even that. What do I like about it? Protection mode serves a purpose, mm. but you can still be doing other things. And yeah. f- do you know that way? So yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Um, and can I ask? How your dad died? Was it? To, was it as a result of alcoholism? Oh no, he died by suicide. Oh and yeah, I'm so sorry. Dun, dun, dun. I'm so sorry to hear that. But like, it's not that it's. It that's is. huge. That is massive. Like that's a massive. When you think about what you've just said there, that's obviously a huge, massive part.
1: I think it is, but I still, like, I think a suicide is someone being sick. Mm. So is it any different from him dying of a heart attack? Yeah. Do you know that way? Yeah. And maybe that's yeah. me dealing with something or mm. compartmentalizing. But I still think it's, like, it's dying of a sickness.
0: Yeah. For yeah. sure.
1: So, yeah.
0: Wow, well, that's like I'm so taken aback by that. I'm so sorry that you had to go through that. Really, genuinely. That's okay. But in terms, like, and like, can we talk about it for a little bit? Yeah. Like, you know, in terms of like the imp... <laughs> sorry, <for crying laughs> you, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Do you know what it is? Is because I'm going through this really strange time at in my life where, like, I obviously still have m- my parents, but I for some reason I just keep thinking about my dad dying. It's just something that has consumed me. I don't know whether it's, like, I'm getting older or that I have, like, unhealed trauma I think, with I, him or what it is, but I'm just, like...
1: I think as you get older, your parents dying becomes uh, the worst thing that could possibly happen. But like, then as they get older and older and older, yeah. then like then it's grand. Mm. Well, is it ever really grand?
0: I mean, I don't think so. I, well, I mean, I, I'll tell you, you what <laughs> <it> happens. <laughs> so, like, I'll bring you, I'll let you know what happens, right? But, like, that, that brings... That you having that experience brings um, the going away with your sister even more important, you know, and spec- to have that bond and yeah, yeah, yeah. like no wonder that you you've got this um, outlook on just live your life and be happy and not let anyone in that's gonna you know ruin the buzz, f- ruin the buzz, <laughs> essentially ruin the buzz. You yeah, know what I mean, there will be people that might listen to that will go, holy shit, like that. How do you? How does she get up in the morning? After experiencing that, because some people could just delve into the um, the negative or the not even the negative, but the wallowments. Is that even a word? <laughs> it is now. It is now <laughs> of that happening. How do you like I, I'm trying to be really. I'm obviously feeling your emotion, but also trying to like not say something that's like, you know, the right thing to say, I suppose. like There's never like a wrong thing to say, I don't think. Like talk through that time, like that's so massive. And how like, you know, when I was asking you earlier on about would you ever consider going into schools and doing these talk and this positive outlook that you have? And like, the, I'm thinking about that because of the amount of, you know, my other job is obviously Fight Connect TV and I, I, you know, I'm around kids that are involved Mm. in martial arts and combat sports and there's so much going on at the moment in terms of, like, combat sports for mental health and every week there's somebody, like, sending me something saying, hi, Lizzie, could you put up this post, we just lost a friend, Mm. and there's these young boys, adults as well, and, you know, suicide is such a... It seems to be just everywhere right now. It's, like, so... Chronic, it really is, and as someone who, like you, has Mm. a lot of compassion for people, and you know, I have this thing where I have a desire or a want to help people, you know, and that's obviously a reflection of my own. Again, my therapist tells me that I want to (laughs) heal other people because I can't heal myself, right? So, that's her view on it. Um, and it's that thing of helplessness when it comes to something like suicide like, how do we actually help? or he- what is the conversation well, that, like or... that was
1: actually one of my main things that really annoyed me um in the i suppose lead up to it because like i knew it was going to happen and like not that i knew it was going to happen but i expected it but it was like yeah. you you you're like what are you meant to do to, to mm. help there's no kind of anyone not that there's no, like it's talk to someone like mm. if you talk to them and then what yeah like what do you do then And I think that it's very hard to manage what you're meant to do to help someone in that situation. And there is, like, obviously there's experts who know way more than me, but everything is always like, talk to someone or take a walk and da-da-da-da-da. But, like, that's futile when you're dealing with someone who has depression or Mm. who won't leave the house or who doesn't talk. And, like, obviously my dad, not obviously, but, like, my dad was a really, like, typically Irish man didn't Mm. talk about stuff and whatever so it was it there wasn't a solution that you can Mm. like how do I solve this and I'm such a solver I'm I'm like like I was saying very strategic and I'll look at something I go yeah okay here's where we are how do I get from A to B to solve that and like if it's repeal it's like this is this what do we need to do to get everyone to do this or whatever whereas there was nothing that you can do in that situation and I found it really hard to to deal with the helplessness of like what do I do and like yeah. you're ringing home on New Year's Eve going are you happy New Year mm. and when someone's in that situation where you're like hoping that they're still there that yeah. there's there's nothing you can do and like that's a really bad message isn't it for things that there's nothing you can do but I never found anything
0: like well it's it's a mess you're you're someone this is a thing like you're someone who has experienced that mm-hmm. and this is like you know um something that you've directly gone through so you're more educated on this subject than maybe a lot of people that are in the position t- that are giving out the advice do you know what I mean well, so uh,
1: well I think they are experts for like they know whatever but I just know dealing with my dad mm-hmm. that he didn't want to talk to anyone he didn't want to, like, we'd literally be making up activities and whatever. He was like, he just wanted to sit in the house. Mm. So, like, what are you meant to do in that situation? Because everything you're told is to have a walk, walk like, have an activity. Yeah. It's like, we'll, we'll get him a dog. And he was like, don't want a dog. Mm. Like, I don't want to look after it. So, like, it ju- you kind of run out of, sol- of solutions. Like, yeah. how do you solutionize somebody's mental health? You, yeah. Like, unless they want to. And, like, he, like, there was no... Like my mom had tried
0: of stuff.
2: Mm.
0: Me and my sister tried of stuff. So, I think can you can you pinpoint what? I mean, not to say where his depression came from or where th- this side of his mental health originated from, but like, you know, was there in terms of like the alcoholism as well? Do you think that it was just like years of alcohol abuse that led his brain to that way, or you know, when you think it's back, so on hard
1: it, to know. Like he was like stoic man who didn't talk about his emotions mm. who like drank heavily so that all contributes to mm. not great mental health yeah. you're not a tampax ad walking with butterflies yeah which, you know, yeah i don't know why i said tampax I ad, <laughs> but like, I <laughs> but i just have that image of like someone walking down the beach with the dogs on on yeah. skates. so it's like mm. it all contributes and yeah. all your life choices contribute to to where you go, I suppose, Mm -hmm. and your mental and actually no, that's victim pushing by saying that that. But Mm -hmm. like, I don't know, like it's depression is chemical imbalances. Yeah. Depression is uh like, don't you know when you see like just think positively. That's not what the solution to depression is. So Mm -hmm. like it isn't that it's like circumstances lead to things happening i think and Mm. you can try and change those circumstances reverse them or help them so i like i don't know what the solution is
0: Mm. do you feel like it's impacted your life um i think it's we, we see you've spoken about i think maybe like from your the positive side of how you are and how you like as I said many times, like you mm. know, just who you are as a person, but has it impacted you negatively in any way? Obviously, you're saying about maybe relationships and having a guard up. and different Yeah, things.
1: like a hundred percent. I have a guard up. Um, I would say from that, um, I also I would say I would my weight would be a reason mm-hmm. for that because it's like a, an actual boundary and yeah. a, like a physical boundary. Um, but negatively. Mm. like there was like it was a negative time yeah but it like we got through it and we did Mm -hmm. our bits and how did you get through it friends Mm. like I had a really good circle of friends around me I had like my sister I had my job my like pin case where I worked at the time were amazing yeah so I had all these support structures in place that like I never took for granted, and then you just like you just get through. Shit. Did you ever
0: go to therapy? Did you ever like oh, see like cancer
1: queen therapy?
0: Yeah, Brilliant. I've been in like yeah. I was
1: in therapy for like like I'd say the first time I went because I went to an Alateen meeting, which is like What's that? so Al Anon is for the families of drinkers, mm-hmm. and then. Alateen is for like teenagers So I okay. think that was my first thing And I fucking hated it I was like I'm not going back to that And then I think I started therapy then When my mom left my dad mm. So that that would have been 21 So I've been in therapy like for ages Amazing. Yeah. It's the best thing. It is the best thing. I, I, like, what, people should not be afraid of it. A, you get to talk about yourself for an hour.
0: Andrea, you are, <laughs> it's like a mirror image of myself over here. I swear to God. that's When people say to me, I'm like, especially now that my best friends are starting to have kids yeah. and you ring them for like, you know, a moment What do or, I do? Or, what or, does this mean? Yeah, and they're like, well, I can't have time. I'm changing like seven nappies here. And like, I have one of them in the bath. Ring me back like to to yeah you're paying someone like to give you
1: their full attention and they have to exactly you so sit there and you just
0: talk about me 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 what's going on with
1: me but it actually i think has a really good impact on your relationships then outside yeah. of that because you're not so self-indulgent and self-obsessed yes. because you've gotten it out and like and I, like talking about yourself if you have issues or whatever is not being self-indulgent yeah but it makes it then easier to not be self-obsessed mm. and to be able to be open to other people's yeah. issues
0: a little bit more I think yeah definitely. if you
1: have someone who's looking after yours
0: yeah 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 well every flag out for therapy here and waving it. but um, it, yeah it's so funny that people have this thing they really just do like and that's why I'm so open to talking about it. like and I actually I, I say it as like you know, as much as I can, even if I'm But if, you, if you break down
1: what therapy is, it's just talking to somebody yes. else about Why what's on you your mind. Why think people
0: are so freaked about, like, admitting that they go to counselling? I think it's just
1: an Irish thing because we have come from, like, such a that's your own business you don't be t- sharing that with anyone yeah. else keep and that within yeah. close the doors so we've come from that and also it's a notionsy thing yeah and it's like oh you're one off <laughs> the therapy who does she think she is do you know that way like there is yeah. a little bit about that yeah but yeah, like yeah, yeah, when you break it down if that's going to help your mental health your relationships your ability to know yourself a bit yeah. better and to
0: your to bring yourself to another yeah. place like hop on absolutely then we should all be doing it yeah you mentioned their Irish culture what are your favourite things about Irish culture
1: my favourite things about Irish culture are the crack goggles kill (laughs) Uh, now I'm actually recently getting much more into traditional Irish culture and we were like looking at this on the podcast a little while ago it's Mm -hmm. like as our culture is like I suppose if you look at what culture means to people it it can be so problematic because then people put who they are as a culture ahead of humanitarian and humans in general. So I'm always cautious of that, of like, does being a Dubliner define me or Mm. am I like putting a lot more um, emphasis on this than I should? Mm -hmm. And I don't know, but as I suppose... The issues that we're facing more and more around our culture and the homogenization and the uh, gentrification is happening. The more I find myself turning to trad music, lear- mm. wanting to learn Irish uh, and bringing it kind of going back to our roots, I suppose, yeah. and to yeah. try and keep that alive a little bit mm. and to celebrate that a bit more. So, yeah. definitely getting into that. I'm absolutely raging because I was going to like Castie's to see Rake the Ashes most Sundays. And yeah. then Christina Aguilera was there the week I didn't go.
0: Fuming. <laughs> I actually heard, I saw it on Twitter. So I was like, is in Cassidy's. And I was I thought, like, I'm there every Sunday. I didn't know whether it was like, you know, fake news or whether someone had come in and like drag or something and they were just having to put up a video. But she was actually there. Fully there, having a sing-song. No Rachel. way. I don't even look. She, she actually, song. like, lately, I don't know what it is about Tina, <laughs> but she just seems to be having a ball. She really just seems to be coming yeah. out of herself. Yeah. let must tell her that the next time I have her, I have her on the phone <laughs> there. Um, but in terms of the future now going forward, like, what, what are your hopes and dreams? Uh, you know, business-wise, personally-wise, you know, do you sit down and think, like, this is what I want? Or are you just more content with, like, present moments?
1: I'm a very present moment. Like, even when we're trying to organise stuff for work, Michelle yeah. will be like, what are we doing with this? That will be in two weeks. Because we need to like order something. And I was like, Michelle, I can't think outside this week. And it's, I don't know if it's the way that people look at time, but I can't get my head around something that is not in the next seven days. Yeah. It's the way I view time within my head. Mm, And I don't, I, like, I think there's some, like, I think I've read something about it, but it's like, I can't deal with anything outside of a week. Yeah. Which is really weird. I don't know what that.
0: Oh, that's very interesting.
1: Yeah. But like, I'm quite good. I used to be really good at holiday. Like I'm good at stuff like that, but I've gotten worse. Mm. So yeah, I don't, I'm a very, I love the present. And I think that is why I don't really suffer from anxiety a yes. lot.
0: Because well, yeah.
1: I'm not concerned too much with the future. I'm very like, what am I doing today? Am I delighted with today? Grand. What am I having for dinner? Mm. Um, But yeah, I don't. Yeah, I kind of sit down every year and write like what I'd like to do for the year ahead. Yeah. Um, and set myself little goals, like write a book. Haven't mm. done that yet. Um, or whatever they are. And yeah, but like I think my main goals and hopes are just to be delighted every day. Yeah. And like doing everything you can to make yourself delighted and mm. whatever that means.
0: Yeah. And what makes you delighted? Final
1: question. What makes me delighted? Uh, I love, what makes me delighted? A feast of tackiness in my eyes. Mm. Uh, Drag makes me delighted. Going out, partying makes me delighted. Sitting in my house makes me delighted. Mm. So like I'm literally a contradiction. Like I can go for like three weeks and just, I'm such a home, like I'm such a home bird. Mm. But then if I go out, I go out for three days. So... There's no kind of whatever. So I'm kind of in between those two. So yeah. hanging out with people I love doing either sitting in or going out. <laughs> and then, yeah. Sounds and, and delightful.
0: Then, <laughs> but then doing stuff that
1: like I enjoy doing. So whether yes. that.
0: Which is what, what's going on for moment. Obviously, we've Tropical Popical um, the No More Hotels campaign. That's obviously still in like what is happening there. In with no More Hotels. We've got we're, do, we're trying to um, showcase
1: clubbing. That it doesn't, I suppose when uh, we look at clubbing in Ireland, it's very much uh, no wonder clubs are closing down because Mm. it's not commercially viable. And like, I hate that word that everything has to be commercially viable, Mm. but that's the world we live in. And if you're a club owner, you open for two nights a week, Friday and Saturday from 11 to 3. So our licensing laws are in bits. They need to change. But with prinks the way they are, people don't arrive to one. So Mm. you have one to three to make money. So how is that a viable business? So what we wanted to do with No More Hotels is take that model and showcase how you could change clubbing into a different format. So Mm. that's why we have uh, dinner and a show. So it starts at eight. So it's getting people into venues earlier. Uh, providing them with food and drinks that they mm. pay for tickets for, but providing entertainment. You can't expect people to want to go out early if they're just going to be in a black box. Yep. But however, if you don't have the funds to invest because you're only open for two hours, then how do you do that? So it's trying to make things more commercially viable, playing around with our licensing laws. If we have to go home at three, well, let's go out at
0: eight.
1: Mm. Um, so we've that this Saturday. and then Where is that on? In Wigwam
0: right perfect and are tickets available
1: tickets are available they're sold out for the dinner and a show part but we have this thing called Dublin Island Discs from Half Ten where we ask people who are doing fab things in Dublin to come and pick ten of their songs that define Dublin for them
0: wow so it's celebrating
1: the city and the people in it as well so it's kind of that kicks off at Half Ten there's tickets to that
0: amazing from our
1: Instagram
0: cool that's so cool yeah so we've no more hotels tropical popgo and then anything else you know yeah, Ireland. Ireland podcast yeah and Una Mulally, yeah she's brilliant um i love that because so don't you know good. when you take
1: in so much current affairs and you've nowhere mm. to channel it yeah your mind can go bananas so it's yeah. so nice to have something to channel that into mm.
0: and refreshing for you know me as a listener to hear this kind of topical conversation that's going on but it's being discussed by your peers um but you in being discussed in a language that you can understand yeah, which is yeah, like yeah. key detail because for me as soon as you get to like the news or like anything that's going on, on the radio that's political and i just like I, something happens in my brain where it just goes no turn off turn Snaz. off just does, <laughs> doesn't hear anything yeah, and yeah. there's like sheep like dancing around the fields in my brain do you know what I mean so like it definitely is is very important so long may yeah. it continue um but yeah what else what else oh
1: go on have I well sure look we'll say it anyway give me an exclusive <laughs> so uh I'm doing this project called Connus which is uh an Irish language project right which is Giving words to Irish that don't exist, that we use every day. Example, poppers. There's no word for poppers, I don't think, in Irish. So uh, um, I'm working on it. You know, (laughs) you might need to say it sometimes.
0: I've I've used it many times before. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
1: But yeah, she's a Gwagor, so she's putting these words in. So that's our new project that we're launching soon. And will that be
0: like a book or website? It's going to start
1: as... An Instagram and social media campaign. And then we're going to do Irish classes for people. Because there's no really casual Irish classes for yeah. people who want to also have a good time. So we're going to mm. do like uh, fun Irish classes where you might have a drink at them. Oh, very oh, good. And I hate making things about drinking. But like yeah. just a chilled out class mm. where it's not like a screw to who. And you're sitting there like taking notes. That yeah. you're, you're picking up the language. That do you speak? Or have you got our no. language? Would you like to? I'm as... We say, I'm passionate about the language, <laughs> but not quite with the with the words Yes, uh, No, but I have, like,
0: cupola fuckle, but... Uh, I went... Well done. I you. went to Dingle a couple of weeks ago for a uh, week's holiday and we went to a part where, like, they were speaking Irish and there was, like, this man he was, like, 99 and he was, like, speaking Irish to us. And we were just, like... Himself, yeah, it's my so friends. embarrassing when he so understand It's so embarrassing. I was literally, like... That's why full. I keep going back. I'm Will Catherdum. And, leperous. And, leperous. Yeah. and like literally i was so embarrassed and he just spoke so like eloquently and i was like what a lovely moment to like have gone to look out at this landscape with dingle and to have a conversation in irish with yeah. this
1: 99 year old man you know for other voices that i'm sweating because i've underway. never been to other voices i um, am
0: dying for it it is like the dream Seriously, you'll go and you'll fall in love. I literally did not want to leave Dingle. Yeah, absolutely yeah. beautiful. I'm yeah. going to and do a banter. Voices, so
1: incredible. come down and listen to me talk that. Oh, banter.
0: absolutely. Banter, brilliant. That's good stuff. Have you And you've gone to uh, other voices before? No, no, I've never gone. Incredible. Like, just, you'll just be captivated. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Well, listen, I wish you all the best for the future. Thank you. Thank Thanks you for having so me. Thank you so much for coming in. And thank you so much for sharing all that. You're such honestly an incredible incredible human so well Get done <laughs> let's honestly. not lose the run of ourselves <laughs> <laughs> I need a shot I need a whiskey I have a bottle of whiskey here um, but seriously though um, I long may all this fantastic work continue well done thanks Andrew Horn for the first exchange Woo.